My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. And praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you thankful what the Lord did this morning in this place? The devil had a bad day, and I pray he has a bad night. So thankful to see the Spirit of God fall like that, which is falling in waves. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It was powerful to see God filling simultaneous people at the same time. It's beautiful to see. I give honor to Bishop, our pastor, love very, very much. Aren't you thankful for our leadership? Would you give him a hand tonight? Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a high honor to stand behind this pulpit anytime, and I, I don't take it lightly, and I thank you uh, for letting us be here tonight. Uh, give honor to my beautiful wife and my kids and and just appreciate the Lord, what he's doing in our family. I was looking at my little boy, four years old, with his hands raised down here. And I remember one year ago this week, we had special prayer for him in Atlanta at a service because for several months he was being attacked by a demon. And it was he was describing it to us. We couldn't see it, and he did. And it was, it was a real deal. And uh, it was very scary how he was acting. But... We had a church prayer meeting, and they prayed, and one year later, I'm looking at him with his arms raised and worshiping God in the front of the sanctuary. That did something for me. Amen. I'm so proud of him. The book of Matthew chapter 4 and the book of Matthew chapter 17, we're going to read verses 1 through 4 of Matthew 4, and then verses 18 through 21 of Matthew 17. What a great crowd we have tonight in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Matthew 4, verse 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 18. The Bible says, And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want to preach to you from the subject tonight, and I feel like there will be an, there will be an impartation of this at the end of this message tonight, and I want to release this to you tonight on the power of fasting, the power of fasting, and it got really quiet on that just now. This ought to be fun. Lord Jesus, have your way in this place tonight. Take authority over any spirit that would come against the word of God. Have your way in the people's lives, hearts, and minds. Speak to us clearly and move us into a deeper dimension of your spirit tonight. Open up our eyes to the spirit world. Take us into your presence, God. Reveal to us things that we've not yet seen before, I pray. Let there be a hunger in this atmosphere for the greater things of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I seal this right Right now, let it be done already in Jesus' name. Can you clap your hands to Jesus one more time? Oh, don't you love him? Don't you love him so much? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. More than peace and blessings and favor and direction and miracles, you crave one thing, 
and that is food. If you don't believe me, then why do you eat it three times a day or more? Because the flesh, and I'm, I'm assuming it's more, the flesh craves food more than anything. It's what the flesh desires. It, what's the, it feeds the flesh. The flesh is nourished by food. And fasting is not eating. That's the truest sense of the word. Fasting means to not eat. That is literally what it means. Now, and I don't want to upset the Daniel fasters. And I understand some people have health issues and you have to have a little something because the doctor tells you to. But by the way, if your health issue is you get headaches when you fast, that's called detoxing, sweetheart. That's not a health issue. That's just your flesh wants to eat. But fasting is not eating, and eating is not fasting. Thank you for the three amens on that. Fasting does something in the spirit that nothing else will do. Fasting will get prayers answered that you've prayed and prayed and prayed and cannot get the breakthrough. Fasting is fuel to the fire when you really need a breakthrough from God. There are just some things that only happen when fasting is involved. Some direction only comes when fasting is involved. Some answers only come when fasting is involved. Some atmospheres only shift when fasting is involved. I'm thankful for 26 people that got the Holy Ghost, but I'm believing God for a revival in this church that's going to go well beyond 26 people getting the Holy Ghost, and this church going on fast is exactly what will propel that revival into action. <laughs> uh, fasting in, the, in your Bible, several people most of your heroes in your Bible fasted at some point or another. The first person mentioned to fast is Moses. Now, it's probably believed that Job, who lived before Moses, fasted because the Bible says in the book of Job that he uh, wanted the words of God. He esteemed the words of God more than his necessary food. In other words, Job said, I'd rather not eat and hear from God than eat and not hear from God. If you're waiting to hear from God about something, I challenge you to step out of your flesh a little bit and say, Lord, I really need an answer. And so here's not just a prayer. I'm going to put some, some, some emphasis on the prayer, some weight on the prayer, some sacrifice on the altar, and I'm going to hear from you one way or the other because my flesh is going to die and your spirit's going to speak. Fasting turns down the volume of the world world more than anything oh boy I'm gonna get in trouble with this comment I can already see it but fasting Pepsi or the media is a great consecration but truly fasting is when you do not partake of food. I had one young guy in my group that I mentored today text me and said, am I allowed to take communion since I'm on a fast tonight? I said, I don't know. Ask your pastor or just swallow the cracker and die. I don't care. Just, I don't know what to answer that. Ask your pastor what he says. But fasting does something that nothing else will do. Moses, the first person recorded fasting in the Bible, doesn't go on a one-day fast or a two-day. He launches us into fasting by going 40 days. By the way, how powerful was the first fast Moses did when he climbed that mountain? The Bible said he was there six days in the, in the cloud, and on the seventh day, God spoke to him. In other words, God just stared at him for six days to see if he was serious or not. And we go six minutes without a miracle, and we wonder where God is. I went to the altar, and I didn't get healed. I'm not going back. He, he made Moses stand there on a mountaintop in complete silence when no one else had fasted. And Moses said, I've got to hear from God. And on day seven, he heard from God, and he lasted 33 more days on that mountaintop got the Ten Commandments, comes off the mountain, gets around crazy people. 
that didn't want to pray and fast and he snaps and he throws the commandments down and he realizes man I didn't get enough out of that fast so he says God show me your glory he's not on the mountain he's in the camp when he asked that question and God said if you want to see the glory you've got to climb the mountain again only this time it's going to be harder for you and you're going to carry some rocks up the mountain and then I'll give you the ten commandments again now that's powerful because he's letting Moses know that even though you can hear my voice down in the camp there is a dimension where you see things that you've only been hearing about there is a dimension where you see things there is a revival that can take place in this church that you see that you've only heard about before but you've got to be willing to say Lord I'm all in personally so we can go together corporately to a higher level obviously David fasted Elijah fasted 40 days whether he wanted to or not angel said eat because you're not eating for 40 days <laughs> Esther fasted three days no food and no water ever tried that one that'll kill you dead three days no food no water only two people in the bible did that esther and paul but the need was so severe that they had to get an answer from god paul's paul was a bad dude when he was saul because when god converted him he blinded him and made it go made him go on a three-day no food no water fast god was ticked <laughs> daniel was 10 years old I'm sorry, 13 years old in Daniel 1 and 2 when he, when he went on that 10-day no whatever, king's meat, and he ate pulse. This is where we get the Daniel fast when he did not eat the king's meat for 10 days. He was 13 years old. He was 82 in Daniel 9 when he fasted 21 days. No food. Think about that for a second. The older Daniel was the hungrier he became for God now that's cute some people they get on fire when they first get into church but then they just exist as they age I don't shout like I used to because I've matured in the Lord I don't consecrate I don't run the aisles I don't raise my hands I don't do anything because I've matured no that's not maturation in the spirit maturation in the spirit is you are hungrier than what you than what you were before when you first came in I want to be hungrier for God in 2020 than I was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I want to be hungry for God. And so you have people in the Bible, obviously, Nehemiah fasted, Ezra went on a lot of fast, Isaiah fasted, Jeremiah fasted, Paul was in fastings often, and even Jesus fasted. Argue that one. In fact, it's so powerful when we read in our text when Jesus fasted. It did not say he went to the wilderness to fast. It said he went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He fasted because he had an encounter with hell coming. And the devil manifested on the fast because fasting weakens the enemy and makes them come out of the closet and show up when the devil, I feel the Holy Ghost right there, demons that love to attack your family that are resting comfortably when you start fasting and you say, I'm not eating until you're out of this house, until you're away from my child, away from my family. That's what makes them move. And he said, now look what's so powerful that it was the fast of Jesus had ended when the devil came. He, he's done with the 40 days. He's about to eat. And the devil says, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus, it, he's ready to eat. It's, he's done. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, even though I'm done with my fast, I never let a demon tell me when to eat. I don't take direction from a devil when it comes to my consecration. And like James Kilgore said years ago, you can never let your location affect your consecration. No matter what you're in and where you are and what you're doing, God has to be the center of your world, of your life. 
know somebody. Well, I pray, but I'm on vacation. Well, I fast, but I'm with family. Well, I get, I read my Bible, but I'm, I've got this going. No, it's not a high enough priority. Last time I checked, whether I'm at home or I'm on vacation, I've got to get in the presence of God every single day and say, God, consume me, consecrate me, change me. I've told this before, but a friend of mine, a few years ago, I was preaching. I was getting ready to preach a message on fasting. I never preached on it before. Had done some long fast, and the Lord spoke to me. I was in Troy, Michigan, and he spoke to me and said, Tonight, you will impart fasting to thousands of people. And I said, God, I was here at this church last night. We had 142 people. And he said, tonight, you will impart it to thousands. I had never imparted fast. I didn't know what that meant. I said, what does that mean? He said, that you, I am letting you release fasting in the atmosphere, and people that receive it will go on fast and last longer than they've ever gone before. I will give them strength just to obey my word. I said, okay. A few minutes later, a friend of mine called from Chicago, a pastor. He said, bro, talk to me about fasting. I said, sure, I'm going to preach on fasting. He said, he started explaining what he was going through in his church. I said, what's the longest fast? that you've been on he said five days i said what do you need in god he said we need a breakthrough there's something hindering us i don't know what it is and and so we prayed on the phone i talked to him about fasting he started that night he went 21 days on the 21st day he went to the pulpit and as he approached the pulpit a young lady in the back of the sanctuary had been there for six months clapped her hands just kind of raised her hands never got involved she was a witch the entire time undercover but when he started preaching on day 21 she could not stand it anymore and she pulled out her stuff and she began to curse him and curse his church but he walked back to her with the authority of the fasting and said devil get out of her right now in the name of Jesus she raised her hands the devil left and he prayed her through to the Holy Ghost because there's power if you want power in the spirit, you've got to do something besides watch movies all day long. You've got to make up your mind. I want something from God that I can't get by being carnal. I've told it a call to war. And it's powerful that in Daniel chapter 10, when he's praying for 21 days and he's abstaining from food and he's asking God for his nation, he's begging God for a miracle. Here comes the angel. And the Bible said on day 21, the angel said, we heard you on the first day. But the prince of Persia, the head demon, it'd be like the prince of Pensacola, the head demon. There's a, there's a, there's a prince in every city. Every nation has one. One prince over the entire nation. Principalities in different places. There's one in Pensacola that runs everything, that gives orders out. And, and he said, this prince of Persia, this head demon, stopped this angel, blocked, fought the angel from getting to Daniel. First of all, that's powerful. That fasting activates spiritual warfare faster than anything else. Angels and demons start warring when the church says, we want something beyond what we've already experienced and so they started fighting and he said Michael your prince the big archangel the toughest angel out there he came down helped me fight through that demon and I've come for your words I'm coming to get your prayer and take it up before God because that's what angels do Revelation 5 Revelation 8 they take your prayers and they dump them out before the Lord as a sweet smelling incense a savor and he said I know you've been praying for 21 days and fasting I've been trying to get to you to get that prayer up into the heavens but this demon blocked us we got through I've got the words now ready and I'm going back up to heaven and that demon's gonna fight me on the way up and another demon is gonna help him he said the prince of Grecia the head demon of Grecia has come to help the prince of Persia stop me from getting your prayer to God 
In other words, hell completely abandoned their post in a different nation because one guy was fasting and praying. I wonder what would happen in a church this size. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. I wonder what would happen in the next 10 days if some people said, I wasn't planning on fasting, but I need an answer from God. I need my kid delivered. I need my marriage healed. I need an answer at my job. I'm telling you in the spirit right now that hell's calling for backup because they don't think they have the power to resist this church any longer. Something began to break this morning and it needs to break even further. I love it how they called for backup but heaven already knew. He said we already see that demon coming. Hallelujah. There's power in fasting. Remember that lady comes to Jesus and she said, uh, my daughter's possessed. Can you go over there and can you heal her? And he says, I don't give the children's meat to the dogs. That's pretty degrading. He literally says, I don't give the food of my children to the dogs. You're a dog. You're not worthy of it yet. And she says, yes, I know, but the dogs under the table get the master's crumbs. Watch this. She said, I know what you called me, and you're right, and I can't change what I am, but you can't change where I am. Did you notice the dog was fasting? That was better than that response. The dog wasn't eating, but the dog positioned itself under the table. In other words, either, oh, shut up. I don't care how low you are and what terrible things you've done. Fasting positioned yourself in the master's presence in such a degree that he cannot resist you. And what your need is, he said, go home. Your daughter has been cured. And from that very hour... She was made whole. I started fasting years ago, and I've been working on a book, and that's part of the reason why God had us move here, because I've been stalling on it for a year and a half, and Bishop got my hind end in gear. He's written like 7,000 books. I'm like, I'm a failure. And so, and they're really good, by the way. If you haven't read them... I'm sorry. You need to read them. And, uh, and so, working on this fasting stuff, and I started trying to fast years ago, and I go, God, God, let me go 14 days. And uh, I made it like four. Some of you are laughing. Some of you aren't laughing because you've never gone more than four hours. Next time I'm going 14 days, made it five. Going 14 days, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 2013. Went 13 days. I was like, God, it's going to take a long time at this rate. We're doing this a yearly thing here. And uh, so summer of 2013 was July 14th or 15th I was driving home from church and was driving back to Ocala in the in the forest there and Janae and I were driving and a preacher called me and he he said hey I don't I just feel like telling you something I preached today I don't know why the Lord wants me to tell you but I just want to tell you so okay he said I was preaching about Mount Everest and he said did you know you can only get to the top of Everest Three weeks out of the calendar year, the last week in April, the first week in May, and a week in October. It's the only time in the year where the top of the mountain opens up and you can access the top. He said most people, even in that time, they, if the weather doesn't open up, they'll die right on the top of Everest called the death zone because most people try to break through that even when the weather's not good enough and they don't make it to the very top. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. He said, yeah, so sometimes when the, when the door opens, you have to make sure you're listening to God. And so the Lord can open. You can go right through that doorway because it doesn't happen all the time. And I'm listening to my, okay. And all of a sudden, 
It's like his voice is gone. And God speaks to me and says, you will go 40 days. You will start July 29th. You will end September 6th. I said, whoa, what? The 29th. I'm like, what in the world? What in the world? So July 28th, 29th, 40 days. I was like, there's no way that was God. We're talking about the tortoise here. And then his voice is talking again. I'm like, there's no way. That was God. It was weird. I've never had that happen. I've never heard God speak. What in the world? And, and I was like, oh, well, we'll just see. Well, I'll just try. And sure enough, it started happening. And this is, we're going in the spirit world tonight, so you don't like it. I'm sorry, but just buckle up. And the first couple weeks went by, and the third week, and the fourth week, and the 28th night, I had preached three times on a Sunday, and I was laying in bed, and I could not sleep. If you, any, all you fasters out there, you know how it is. You cannot sleep when you start fasting. And I could not sleep, and I said, God, what's going on? Do I need to eat? What's, and, and so several hours went by, and I went to sleep, and about 3 o'clock in the morning, I fell asleep and had a nightmare. I woke up, and I'm laying in bed, and not in my head, and not in my mind or some, but out loud, I heard a demon speaking to me. He said, I'm in your living room right now. And I rolled over to grab my wife, and there, this thing approached right here. And it was this skull and a hood and light coming out of his eyes. And for five minutes, he stared at me, and I was wide awake. I guarantee you're not sleeping now. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I froze. And I couldn't even say anything. I was scared out of my mind. And finally, after five minutes, I said, Jesus. And it disappeared. And the Lord instantly spoke to me and said, you had so much flesh, it took you 28 days of no food just to tap into their territory. You see, hell don't even eavesdrop on most people's prayer lives. Because they're that weak. But when you get serious, stuff starts happening. And before long, when that fast ended, that fast is what launched all these revivals. And since that fast, 12,000 people, I've seen God filled with the Holy Ghost. I've seen him raise the dead. I don't know what it means. I've seen miracles ever nowhere. But I know this. Something happens when you fast that cannot happen by just going and sitting on your pew paying your tithes and coming on Sunday night something happens when you say God I have got to have more than what I've ever had anyone can talk the talk but when you make up your mind I'm going to zone in and get a hold of God if I die I die but I'd rather die in the presence of God than anything else You can eat the rest of your life. I looked at it the other day. There's 960 hours in 40 days. Seems like a long time. I've been alive for over 319,000 hours. That's not very much at all. Fasting takes you from the the physical into the spiritual. The encounters that Lord's let me have with angels in the last couple of years, I know it's from fasting beyond the shadow of a doubt because I prayed for it for 30-something years and, and I couldn't, couldn't get through. I couldn't, but I know what's happened. Fasting does something. And you can think I'm crazy if you want to. I could care less what you think. I know how real this is. The spirit world is just as real as the pew you're sitting on. It's very real. And heaven and hell are warring for the revival that's in this church. I was here a year ago on Sunday morning in January in 24 people got the Holy Ghost. Now this year 26 get it. I'm afraid we're just going to say, well, it's cute. We're happy. No. We've got to break out of that. Well, once a year we have a breakthrough. No. We've got to have a revival. He the Hoshata that stirs this city. We've got to have a revival that hell fears. We've got to have a revival that fills the balcony. A revival that gets our families and our co-workers.
Bobby Wade, my friend who's preached here before, one time we were on the phone, and I was in Dallas at the airport going to my next flight, and he was, I forget where he was, he was somewhere uh, waiting for his flight, and I was on the phone with him, and my plane was getting ready to board, talking to him, and I had to use the restroom, and so I'm running to the restroom to, to get back to the, to the plane, and uh, to get back to the boarding area, walk in the restroom, and, he, and he's on like day 17 or 18, he's just going after it, and I said, Bobby, when you fast and pray like this, the demons know who you are. I said, they know us when we fast and pray like this. I walk out of the restroom. I hear a man behind me in the restroom start chanting these words. They know us. They know us. They know us. I turned around. He said, we know you. And he began to curse at me and scream profanities at me and threaten me. And I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I rebuke you. And he fell down. I'll never forget it on the urinal. And he shook his head. And he said, I don't know what I said, sir. I'm sorry. God bless you. He didn't even know what he said. The demons on the guy heard me talking about fasting. And they could not resist. They had to manifest. The Stone King taught me years ago that fasting weakens the devil. It makes him come out. And I'm going to tell you something right now on the Holy Ghost. I feel an anointing on me. God changed my message this afternoon. And he said, tonight, impart the fasting. I know several are planning to go and do what they can the next few days. But I want more that are planning to go to launch on this fast with pastor. Because something is about to happen in this church that only fasting will break the barrier to. Some of you ought to get ready for revival in your house. Because this fast is going to bring answers. This fast is going to bring miracles. And this fast will bring the favor of God. Stand to your feet right now. The reward of fasting is indescribable. Let me just break it down. The pizza that you crave on day three. That you're going to die if you don't eat it. You're pretty sure God released you as you walked into sky. Whatever that place, pizza place is called, the pizza that place. It's here. Jeremy got me some. And, but the pizza, guess what? After two or three hours, you're hungry again. The pizza goes through you. The glory comes into you. When Moses walked up that mountain the second time, after he said, show me your, show me your glory, and God said, no man can see that. I'll show you my hinder parts or my past. And that's where God showed Moses creation. For Moses wrote the book of Genesis and described the creation that God did. Where did he see that? When he was in the glory of God up on the mountaintop. And he came off the mountain and the glory was in his face. And they had to put a veil on Moses' face. And thousands of years later, when Jesus climbed the Mount of Transfiguration with the three disciples, Moses appears. And the Bible said the face of Jesus shone like the sun. It was like lightning. Same thing from the fasting mountain. Because you can tap into a dimension of glory that doesn't leave. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost. You can tap into a dimension of glory that doesn't just fade as soon as you leave church Sunday night. You can tap into a dimension of God where just because you're with carnal people, you don't get carnal anymore. The family might be acting crazy, but you're zoned in in the spirit. Why? Because you've been in the glory of God. Is there anyone ready to climb the mountain and say, God, I've got some needs. I've got some prayers, and I'm going to do this if it's the last thing I do. Tertullian, the theologian, once said, fasting makes man a friend of God, and the demons are aware of this. Fasting works. It does.
Can I ask you something right now? What needs do you have? When you go on this fast, you need to write those needs down on a piece of paper or however you do it. And you need to pray about those needs every day. Bring that list to God saying, God, when you want to eat that sandwich, you know, got this kid. I remember one time. And I wasn't going to tell this part, but on a 21-day fast, I remember one time on day 16 when our little boy, Jude, the oldest one, he was, he was a few months old, a couple, maybe a year or two old, and I remember driving down the road, and was on day 16, was, was really tired, was ready to eat, weak, and I remember Janae saying, Josh, look at this little toy that Jude got from Burger King, and he, she answered this little blue car, I said, okay, babe, what is it? She said, push the button, I push the button, a little figure pops out of the car. Same figure that came to me on my fast before. And the Lord spoke to me and said, throw it out the car. I threw it out. He said, they're going to try to choke your son. Three hours later, randomly, I hear my wife scream. I run out of the bed, and my boy's face is as blue as my suit. Choking on a pistachio in the house. The only problem was we didn't have any pistachios in our house. And she was choked. And we screamed Jesus three times. And God helped him. And God spared his life. I don't play games when it comes to this. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that there's some needs you've got. And if you'll get fasting involved with your prayer, you're going to have access to answers that you've been... I feel, a, I feel a special anointing on me right now, Bishop. I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like there's some people... That that have been asking God, are you going to come through? Are you going to answer? Do you see what I'm going through? But when you go on this fast, it's going to blow your mind when you're done. As God says, here's the answer. Here's the miracle. Here's the direction. Some of you will have answers on the fast. Some of you will have answers when the fast ends. Some of you will wait a few weeks, but the answers will come. And when they do, the Lord will remind you of the consecration. And the fast that changed everything. Now, he told me this afternoon to impart it tonight. That whoever wanted it, a spirit of fasting would fall upon them in such a way that they wouldn't break it like they usually do. They wouldn't struggle like they always do. But I want to say one statement to you. Here's how you go on a fast and how you make it to the end. You start at the finish line. You get your eyes on the finish line and nothing else satisfies. You don't say, well, I hope I can go three days. I hope I can go two days. You say, I'm going this mile. And you get your eyes on that mile. And you say, I'm not getting my eyes off that. Oh, shakataya. Set your face toward the answer. Set your face toward what God wants to do. They couldn't talk Jesus out of Calvary because the Bible says he set his face toward Jerusalem. In other words, even though he was healing Bartimaeus and raising Lazarus seven days before he went to the tomb himself, he raised Lazarus from the dead, but he was zoned in on what he had to do. And I'm telling you tonight, when I pray with you in the Holy Ghost, God's going to zone you in. And God, and I know there's some elders in here that can preach much more. And Bishop knows more about fasting than I'll ever know. He's lived a life of fasting and prayer. Why do you think this revival is here? Because a man fasts all the time. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it's the will of God for this entire body to say, we're all in. Let's go forward. Let's have a revival that we've never had in the history of this church. Who's got a serious need? Wave your hand at me. Who's prayed about it and God hasn't answered? Who's willing to go to the next level? Come stand up here if you're able. Bishop, can you stay up here with me? I want you to lay hands on me as I pray for them and stretch your hands over everybody in a moment. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give it to Bishop, and he's going to pray. And a spirit of fasting is going to fall in this room. Some people think, well, fasting, i got to humble myself. Yes, you do humble yourself. But in the Bible, there was fasting. There was always needs involved. Right. Come as close as you can. I know there's some people coming behind you. What are you saying, Brother Josh? I'm like, don't beat yourself up. You're going to be humbled on the fast. You're going to, you're going to be, a mirror is going to be put in front of you in the spirit. And you're going to see flaws. And you're, the longer you go, the more flaws you'll see. But 
don't just fast because you need to crucify your flesh. Fast because there's a need. Why? I want you to hear this statement. Fasting's greatest ally is faith. If you have faith for something and you're willing to fast for it, you're far more likely to see it. The Bible says he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Rewarder is mestapodates in the Greek. It means the employer, the one who pays your wages. But diligently seek him in the Greek means to crave God. You know, when you get hungry, you say, I'm craving this. I'm craving that. Fasting makes you crave God. And when you crave after God, God becomes the one in charge of taking care of the need. He becomes the mestapodates. He becomes the rewarder of the one diligently seeking him. Go home and write your list out. God is about to answer prayers in this church. I can feel it on the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray a simple prayer of faith like this morning. Only when I'm done, I'm going to have you shout Jesus to seal it. When you shout Jesus, I'm going to hand this mic to Bishop. And Bishop's going to cover this fast and everyone in this building. In the name of the Lord, would you raise your hands right now? And by the authority of the word of God, and by the power in the name of Jesus, release the spirit of fasting on every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Now, in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, Jesus! Now, here's what needs to happen, because we've received understanding about the purpose and effect of fasting tonight from the Word of God and how it affects the spirit world and how it moves us into new dimensions of power and promise and our prayers being answered. But what you need to remember, now I thank God for church called fast. Those are good and they're important and I think your participation corporation is important when it's church called. But I believe that what he's preaching tonight is not just about participating in a church called fast. You're going to have to get a personal consecration that throughout this year, God's going to need to call you on some fasts personally where you're fasting and nobody else is fasting. Where you're fasting and nobody else is even aware that you're fasting. You do need covering when you fast and so you need an elder to cover you in prayer because you stir things up. And you need prayer, cover, and agreement to give you power to overthrow the enemy that's going to come against you. That's where the power's going to come. That's where you're going to change yourself. Participating in a church fast is important. I believe that it's valuable. I believe as a corporate body, Esther called that corporate fast, and it really impacted the heart of the king, and it turned the tide for Israel in the situation with Haman. And, and, you know, I don't know what your situation is, but God's going to call you on fast throughout this year. I can feel that in the Holy Ghost. And God is going to use those fasts to bring you into a whole new dimension of hunger and craving after the Spirit of God and the purpose of God for your life. And that way, your focus isn't going to be on... Uh, and I've, I sent a video to several of our leaders and people of the church for you to watch uh, Francis Chan dying to self. It's on YouTube. You can just Google it on YouTube and just put it in the search deal and Francis Chan dying to self. And, and, and instead of you focusing on what somebody's doing for you, 
and, and, and instead of focusing on somebody needs to sing a song for me and somebody needs to preach this and somebody needs to do that, when you fast and kill your flesh and you walk in here with a desire for God, you'll be able to change the entire atmosphere and what you receive from God by your own personal walk with him and not somebody performing for you. Because if you need a... The moment you need somebody to perform for you is the moment, right then, that you have just stepped into the flesh and into the carnal. Because nobody needs to perform for you for you to touch God. Jesus did that at the cross. And if the cross isn't good enough, I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nobody on this platform good enough for it. If the cross and the resurrection don't work, nothing's going to work. But I'll tell you right now, I believe that the cross and the resurrection still work to bring about deliverance. So God's going to call you on these fasts. I want you to heed that call. How many of you, I know you're going to participate in this one. Thank you for that. But you're going to receive the call to fast throughout the year at different times. Doesn't matter how long it is. You let God tell you, and, and, and you just do what the Lord tells you. And before you go on a 40-day fast, you talk to me. If God calls you on one, you talk to me so I can lead you through that so you don't kill yourself because you can kill yourself if you're not careful with fasting. Fasting literally kill yourself or hurt yourself. And, and so I've gained some understanding if you go on that long. But I will help you with that, and we'll work through that together. And God will use that magnificently in your life. If God calls you on it, I believe he'll, he'll protect you and he'll keep you. But you need the wisdom on how to do that. So we'll impart that to you in Jesus' name. Now. I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost. Brother Heron, I felt like the anointing of God was on you while you were speaking and strongholds were being torn down. So I want you to connect with somebody around you and we're going to pray together that the Lord's going to cover us in this fast. At every devil we stir up, we're going to have authority over in the name of Jesus and that breakthrough and the promise that God has given us of revival. And I agree, what we've seen here this morning is not something that is going to simply be a once-a-year once experience. It's going to start happening more and more, and then it's going to be 50, and then it's going to be 100, and then it's going to be 200. I want you to speak in the Holy Ghost right now as you come into agreement with your brother or your sister. They might be a family member or they might just be another church member. But we come into agreement in one mind and one accord that as we go on this fast and we deny our body the food, the Holy Ghost is going to use it to bring about answers to prayer, deliverance from the enemy. I want you to go ahead and believe God for it right now. Whatever you need from God. Jim, God can heal you right now where they don't even have to do the surgery in Jesus' name. Sister Kristen, God's going to go with you, and he's going to anoint you, and you're going to be a blessing to that church in Texas. In Jesus' name, I claim it. The souls that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning are going to be discipled, and they're going to be transformed into apostolic saints of God with soul-winning desire and power to go out and witness to their friends and bring them to church and see them transformed as well. I speak it. I speak it into your life. I speak victory into your life. I speak liberty into your life. You're going to have freedom to worship like you've never worshipped before. You're going to have freedom to pray for people in the Holy Ghost like you've never had before. You're going to have faith to believe God for miracles as you pray for people that are sick that you come across. 
in the community. You're going to do it in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. Amen. Tata Bohorama Sataya. How many of you have an immediate need and miracle right now that you need in your life? I want you to lift your hand. And I want Brother Heron to come back and we're going to pray. You need a miracle. Just keep your hand lifted. You need a miracle right now in your life. Saints of God, do you see these precious people with their hands lifted? We don't know what their miracle is and we don't have to know. I want you to come gather around them and I want you to connect with them right now. Connect with them in Jesus' name. Connect with them. And we're going to pray for that miracle to be, to be received. That God's going to do the miracle. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that the angels that are hovering around this building would begin to move right now. In the name of Jesus, I curse every spirit of hell attacking every family member, every mother, father, son, and daughter. I come against financial attacks and physical and emotional breakdowns. In the name of Jesus, I release you right now in the name of the Lord to think clearly, to pray clearly. I command you to be in a sound mind let there be love and peace and joy in your spirit let the sick be healed let the oppressed be delivered let the bound be free somebody shout hallelujah speak it in the name of Jesus lift up your voice and let hell hear you your mind that mind in the name of the Lord Jesus I release encouragement I release joy smiles laughter in the name of Jesus I want you to launch faith right now. I want you to turn to somebody. Look them right in the eye. And with every ounce of faith in you, I want you to tell them your miracle's on its way right now. Speak it again. Your miracle's on its way right now. I say it one more time. Your miracle is on the way right now. Now lay hands on them and relieve God. Whether two or three agree, touching anything. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. There's a fire in this room. There's a Holy Ghost fire in this building right now. Miracles are coming. Answers are coming. Demons that have been in your house are leaving tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.